Hi, Karen, creator of Y2K here. This is the spoilery version of this cast interview. And if you're only looking for the spoilery bits and you've already listened to the rest of it, go to around the 33 minute mark and you will find all the spoilers there. If you haven't listened to the full season of Y2K, uh, please go do that before you listen, unless you are completely impervious to spoilers. Okay, enjoy! My name is Karen Hamdahl. I'm the creator of Y2K, and I am sitting here in a beautiful online space with three of our cast members. And I'm going to ask them to introduce themselves and to tell you their name, of course, and the name of their character, uh, and also where they are. For all the other interviews, I've asked about uh, the time, but I think this is going to be a little dull. But, you know, whoever starts <laughs> of you can tell me what time it is. Okay, Naris, you want to start? Okay, uh, I'm Neris, I play Emma, and it is exactly 7.47pm. And where are you? Oh, where am I? I am in Wales. Great, okay. Maddie? Hi, I'm Maddie, I play Claire, and here it is Edinburgh, and it's currently also 7.47pm. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Angelie? Hi, I'm Anjali. Uh, I play Sharon, and it is 2.47 p.m. in Washington, D.C. Yay! Okay, I thought you were in the U.K. I was in London, just got back to D.C. Friday. Ah, yeah. Okay! <laughs> Are you home for the holidays? Are you going back? I am, yeah. Oh, then so I'll be... it's, not, it's not dull. Yeah. Good! <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, good. That that surprised me right off. Okay. <laughs> and I am in Gothenburg, Sweden, and it is 8.48 p.m. now because it's been a whole minute since uh, Maddie said her time, I think. Okay, cool. So we are uh, at least in three different time zones. I thought we were only in two. But you're going back to London after? Uh... Yeah, I'm going back in January and then I'll be there until June. Yeah. Wow. So it's some, some kind of uh, exchange student thing? Year-long study abroad. Yeah. Oh, lovely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good, because when I cast you, Anjali, you were uh, definitely in the U.S. And mm -hmm. I know that you were sort of uh, in London this past uh, semester. Cool. Okay. Now, I'm really curious, and I know it's sort of different for all of you. I'm really curious about what got you into voice acting and sort of your voice acting background. Uh, why don't you start, Maddie? So um, I've been into drama for a, a long time. Like in primary school, I was in doing drama clubs and things like that and acting out scenes from Harry Potter and all this kind of thing. Um, but um, and it continued through secondary school and university. But um, I'd never really thought about doing voice acting stuff until I did my radio MA. Um, mm. And so that was at Goldsmiths in London. And... I obviously really enjoyed drama and stuff, but I wasn't really sure what kind of programs I wanted to make or what things I wanted to do. But 
partially it was um, Ella Watts, amazing Ella Watts of UK mm. podcast fame, doing a presentation about different um, audio fiction podcasts. And I was like, oh, this is this is a whole thing that I could do. I love <laughs> drama. I love TV drama, I love film and I love audio. So it's just combining lots of my favorite things. Um, so then when we were doing our little um, kind of productions for the for our masters mm. I did a tiny bit of voice acting for one of my friend's pieces I think I was playing a sentient candle so that was <laughs> interesting um and I was just like oh I, I I hadn't considered I could bring my acting stuff from my past into this as well so um then when I wanted to do my own podcast I thought well I'll just I'll just voice both main characters because I'll just make life hard for myself why not um and so the Prick Willow Papers was born um Yay. and that's kind of where it all started off and then I did a little tiny bit part in of two lines in Windfall um, oh a few months ago just to help them out because they needed more like crowd scene stuff <laughs> and then Y2K came along and this is my first proper thing of being cast by someone else so thank you very <laughs> much for that. Oh lovely well but you do a, a lot of voice acting in the Prickwiller papers so it's not like you're new to that. <laughs> yes it is quite a lot and um, I often just kind of I instead of recording just Silda's lines and then just Squirm's lines, the two main characters, I tend to alternate between them so I can know how to react to myself in in a weird way. So um, I love that so much. It's basically like me having a chat with myself in my dining room, trying not to let the cat disturb my recording. So that's basically. I love that. It it is. I mean, it took me a while. I was listening to the first episode of the Prickwillow Papers, and it took me a while to figure out that it was you both of them and when I realized I was just like awestruck it's so cool oh thank you <laughs> how about you Anjali well I have the opposite story I have I ha really didn't have a lot of performance background at all I I think like for a very long time I was just like not confident enough didn't think I I could do something like that years of speech and debate later I started to feel like maybe maybe I could maybe 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 it's okay maybe I'm not like just some random person deciding that they're good at something like I can actually give it a shot and see how it goes but, which I which I'm realizing is more common of a story than I initially expected <laughs> but this past summer I kind of just sort of fell in love with a lot of different podcasts and audio dramas and I thought mm. why not try performance through this avenue so I auditioned for a few different roles and Y2K this was one of the first that I had gotten and so it's right. kind of just been a crazy journey <laughs> since in the last like six months so yeah. very happily surprised by how incredible the community is how mm. like how supportive they are and how like someone like me where I, I feel like I came out of nowhere didn't know anything was sort of taken in with open arms and so it's been really good yeah oh lovely <laughs> yeah well I think we can all attest to that the beauty of the community how about you Neris <laughs> quite a similar story in kind of not having any kind of background and no background in like anything to do with like acting or drama anything at all and like mm -hmm. how I got into voice acting it was I think kind of around September last year and it was a thing we fixed space junk did for their patrons they were mm. looking for like background voices for season two and 
that was that was what started it off kind of recorded a few kind of bits there kind of improvised some lines they gave us kind of a few examples I kind of went off from that and did that and kind of you can hear me kind of in the background of like quite a few episodes of season two and after that I was kind of thinking yeah I really enjoyed doing this is there something I can do I don't have any kind of background in it and what really kind of made me think okay I can try to do this I might not be any good at it it might not go anywhere but I want to try was Pod UK in February Mm -hmm. and I was just so inspired by meeting so many like amazing people from the audio fiction community Mm -hmm. talking with some of them like I spoke with Sarah Golding a little bit about voice acting and it just made me really really excited about it and like I really wanted to try and I've auditioned for quite a few things this year. Y2K was one of the first things and mm-hmm. it's the sort of the biggest thing I've done so far that isn't my own thing. And I really enjoy it. It's, it's great. <laughs> I'm just having so much fun with it. <laughs> and it's just like so amazing that it kind of come from nowhere and it's just something I love doing so much now. Yeah. I can definitely relate to that because I was at Pod UK too and I didn't meet you. I didn't meet you either. I didn't meet Kirsty either. And Maggie, I think, were you there? Yeah, I was there as well. I didn't meet you either, (laughs) which is a little silly. This year, guys, this year. Well, we're sharing a table this year, so hopefully we will be able to meet. Uh, Maybe you can make it too, Anjali. Yeah cool yeah look into that <laughs> love to have you there uh yeah I was completely inspired by Pod UK as well uh and although I already had Y2K sort of I think the first three episodes written or something uh, at that time but you know very very inspiring so uh yeah Y2K what made you interested in auditioning because you all auditioned how about you Neris? Uh, I just really like the kind of the concept of it and I remember like 2000 quite clearly because I was 13 Mm. on New Year's Eve in 1999 so for Mm. me it was kind of like there was a big kind of nostalgia thing going back to kind of when I was a teenager like obviously you know the show itself is very different you know you've got people (laughs) in their 20s but I just really like the idea of kind of going back in to that period and kind of Mm. like reliving it a little again and idea the kind of concept of like Olivia as well like what she finds and kind Mm. of how that develops and just how you've got these two separate years and how they kind of interlink and everything I just really you know that was kind of obviously came out as it went on but yeah it's just like the initial I just really like the story as well and how there's kind of people all over like different parts of the world as well that really appeal appealed to me and just how like big the project was as well thinking wow you know if I can be involved in this it's such a huge thing it's gonna be all year so yeah, yeah I remember seeing the casting call thinking this sounds really 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 interesting something cool. you know big something a bit different and it, it just felt really really exciting to me wonderful Anjali you're nodding <laughs> yeah um I can relate to part of that the first part less so just because I was <laughs> born like 18 days before 2000 so wow. Wow. Not, not quite uh yeah not not so much nostalgia but 
still, um, that part's amazing as well. I would say, yeah, the concept of the story and the way that it interacts between times, between so many different places, I felt like was a big draw for me. I thought mm -hmm. when I saw the casting call, it was just like an incredible opportunity that I, that seemed very unique. I hadn't seen anything like that in the very short time that I was, you know, even <laughs> looking. looking. So yeah. I, I feel like that was probably the biggest draw for me. Yeah. Oh, lovely. Maddie, you were nodding as well a little bit. Yes, um, I think also agreeing that, well, I don't, didn't know the time period as well. I was five in the year 2000, so a lot of primary school memories of Kylie Minogue and, and <laughs> steps and things like that. So, um, yeah, but the the idea of um, the voicemails I really liked and I only afterwards started listening to Love and Luck and I really loved that and I know that that was part of the inspiration for yeah. this show as well and it's just a lovely um, concept and also just looking through the characters I just like the idea of Claire because in my real life I'm very quiet and introverted and um, not at all outgoing but just I really enjoy playing very out there characters because I get a chance to just kind of be a bit outrageous and do stuff I wouldn't normally do <laughs> so <laughs> that was part of the draw for me as well. Yeah oh lovely yeah I it's it's funny because I have in fact uh, met you now Maddie we met at Podtails uh, which was lovely but I've sort of interacted with you more as Claire so in my head, you are so you are so much shoutier and drunker than you are in real life. That's amazing. <laughs> but uh, I think we can remedy that uh, at Pod UK. Yeah, yeah. My sort of mental image will be able to snap back into into form. <laughs> but I mean, it is it is a funny thing, of course, where I get all your lovely recordings, and I so much time just listening to your voices and sort of you know, getting to know your interpretation of the characters. And I mean, from from my point of view, because when I cast you, I'd written about half of the story. And so the latter half of the scripts are definitely very much informed by you and by your characterizations of these characters. And uh, uh, yeah, and I think definitely for Claire, because uh, I mean, I'm a planner when I write. So a lot of it was was all planned out. For Claire, I didn't really know what I was going to do with Claire. I, I knew exactly what kind of person she was, but I didn't know how, you know, how her story would play out. And that sort of came uh, along the way. And I think partly because you were so, so good at being this. I'm not going to spoil anything. So good at being Claire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> So yeah, um, yeah. I've asked you to prepare some sort of question or point of discussion or something. We start with yours, Anjali. Sure. Um, I would say that I am kind of the biggest newbie when it comes to podcasting in this group. And so really my question was, all of you have been making podcasts or at least are starting now. What has been your experience? How how have you like been able to gather the tools to really get started with that? What advice would you give someone like me who's sort of just getting into it, doesn't know anything, really just curious how I could even get started? As in as in starting to produce an audio drama? Yeah. Because you're writing, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Lovely. So, sort of in the very early stages, though, and I would love to you know, get, make it into something probably oh by God. the end of next year, but we will see. But I'm just yeah. very curious what your process was early on and 
in, in starting your first one, like how did, how did that go? And the nerves, maybe how, how did you get over like a lot of like the early concerns? I'm sure there is lots to say. Why don't you start Maddie? Because uh, you've had your audio drama for the longest. Um, I'm just trying to think. So um, I was very lucky in that I got to do my MA, so I didn't have to like seek out a lot of stuff for myself. But one thing about writing that I found really helpful from that was don't edit yourself while you're working. Just let it flow out and just let it kind of splurge out and then you can just go back and edit later. Because if you just keep going back and on the previous sentence you've written and going, oh, that's not good enough, then you're just going to be stuck forever. And also you're not going to be able to surprise yourself with what you write. And I think one of the nicest things about Prick Willow is that I didn't really know where it was going. And in every other aspect of my life, I'm very much a planner. And in this, I was just like, I'm just going to see how it goes. And I think for I think I'm going to be a bit more planned for the next season of whatever I write. But just for a first experience, it was really nice to just kind of see where it goes and not put too many restrictions on myself. Mm. Uh, and Maris, of course, you have you are creating all sorts of resources uh, for others to use in your uh, project with Seren. Yeah, I'm trying. <laughs> I want to, because when people kind of ask me, like, how have you done it? I mostly kind of state well with a lot of help from people so I want to kind of try and pay that back a little bit even the little knowledge that I have try and help people who started out from zero like I did mm. and try and pass on what I've learned even if it's kind of like little tips and tricks of things that I've picked up that I found useful yeah and I mean because you have your um sort of audio drama the creation diary at the on the audio drama hub podcast which I love <laughs> and you're also blogging uh, which is wonderful as well yes when I when I do try and do get the time yeah I because yeah like I just want to try and help people see if I can create something useful but to also share this process of of how it's going and share how like stressful it is sometimes or how like yeah. good it feels when something particularly great happens I, I just yeah I just want to kind of share what I'm going and be open about it and see if that can help people in any way yeah I, I, I find it wonderful and and very helpful and I think one of the most amazing things that you're doing there is is that you're you're sort of opening up about the the not so great stuff and the stresses yeah. and the anxieties <laughs> and the oh that horrible disaster when you lost so much of your work yeah. and it's just oh but you know the way that that you are uh, talking about that makes it for me more sort of I think it lowers the, tre- the threshold for people that can think okay you know uh, they're going to be setbacks they're going to be things that are not going to go my way but I could do it anyway. And that's the kind of probably the best piece of advice, uh, Anjali. And for anyone listening, contemplating this lovely journey of studying an audio <laughs> drama, to just sort of know that it's probably not going to go exactly as you imagine or plan, but yeah. it can be really amazing anyway. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. And if you don't start, you know, you're never going to get there. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
And I think for me, uh, writing, and I think I've probably said this in all the other cast interviews as well, I really tried very hard not to make it weekly for a whole year because that is a little bit uh, bananas or a lot bananas. But I just couldn't make it make sense with the story because, you know, we have these really close friends and they're really trying hard to keep in touch and they're moving very far away. Of course, they're going to be in touch at least once a week. Of, of course they are. And Olivia, if she finds this material, of course she's going to podcast every week. There's just no logic to doing it uh, in a different way for me to tell this story that I had embarked on. So, but I think as I was writing and realizing that, oh dear, this is very, very long and very, very big, it I sort of fell into that of just going, okay, well, I've started it now, so I'm just going to finish it. Uh, and somehow I did, you know? Um, so sometimes starting can be a, a good way of actually ending up finishing something. Yeah, if that makes sense. Does that sort of answer your question, Angeli? Yeah, I think so. I think it's also like a question that can never be answered, but also mm. thank you very much for <laughs> everything that you've said because it's been very helpful. Okay, good. Well, I mean, I'm really looking forward to this whenever it shows Ooh, up. Same, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, no pressure. Whenever it drops, <laughs> I'm going to be there listening. Yeah. Accents. Maddie and Naris, you, you use your own accents, but Anjali, you do not. No. Uh, and you actually gave me uh, three beautiful accents uh, in your audition. You gave me your own, uh, which sounds American. You gave me a very, very beautiful uh, general British accent, I think, which there is no such thing, but you did it. Anyway. For my American ear, you know, <laughs> the general British accent was definitely yeah. what I was going for. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> I, I liked it. But, you know, what do I know? You gave me this uh, accent that you are using for Sharon. And I was wondering if you, and I, I made you use that because I was like, yay, there's another accent in there. <laughs> Even though your other two are really beautiful as well. So do you want to tell me a little bit about that accent? and where it comes Sure. From? I think it definitely comes from like home just because mm. I, I tend to like code switch a lot with like my family versus, you know, being out in the world and talking to usually other Americans, unless I'm studying abroad a year in London, <laughs> in which case I'm totally outside my comfort zone. But um, yeah, it, it definitely comes out a lot. And so I kind of just used a lot of that as like the base of it, because, you know, Sharon's background is Indian. She mm. is meant to sort of have an experience that I think is similar to mine in, mm. you know, being sort of a transplant and mm. um, living somewhere that maybe her accent doesn't match. But I think it's interesting because I haven't really had the chance to use that anywhere else. And so mm. it was it was exciting. And I'm, okay. I'm glad that people will maybe hear it and enjoy it, hopefully. <laughs> Yeah, because I mean, that was one of the things when I was writing, I was like in the UK, um, there's so many uh, Indians and, and people from Pakistan. And I was like, but th that makes a lot of sense that one of the roommates would be from, because I didn't specify it before I cast you. And of course, when I was living in London, it was very sort of uh, present. And I thought that was, that's important uh, to show that. So yeah, I'm very, I'm very happy that you... you <laughs> Took on, took took her on with that accent. Yeah. Although you could have, of course, done your general British thing as well. So, and Neris, I make you speak Welsh. Yes, you do. <laughs> uh, I asked you if you wanted to. I didn't. Make you. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, no, oh, it's great. No, I'm always up for putting uh, more Welsh in, in podcasts. Mm. Not fun. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's, uh, no, it's it's great. I do like, yeah, when, when you asked me to do that, I was like, oh, that's just so wonderful that, you know, there are so many other languages in, in the show for it to be included mm. was, well, was brilliant. It, really, it did really mean a lot to me that it was kind of considered because, you know, it's such, you know, it's a language from a small country for it to be kind of considered with these other like big, huge languages that other people kind of know of was, yeah, it, it was, uh, it was just so nice to, to kind of, to be able to, to contribute it, like some to the show. Oh, good. I mean, I, I just think it's so beautiful as well. I, mean, just, I love all these different languages. You know, if I had my way, we would all, we would have like a hundred languages in this show, but I don't think, we, I don't think we could cover that somehow. But yeah, I'm, and of course I put some Swedish in uh, for Janice and I put some Danish in for Charlotte and uh, I think that's it. So, you know, not that many languages. Love <laughs> <laughs> you. A few. Anyway, Maddie, did you have your uh, sort of question or discussion thing that you wanted to ask? Yes, I just wanted to ask what you all kind of learned about yourself in a kind of voice acting way from performing the lines and and recording them. Just kind of if you just kind of discovered something about your performance that you didn't expect or if you I don't know. My my brain is going off track, but <laughs> something you, that if, surprised us, maybe. Yeah, something if yeah, if there was something that surprised you about recording the lines and something that you learned about yourself. Yeah, Angela, you want to start? Sure. So this was one of my first roles, and so that coupled with the fact that not much of a performance background, it was all really a learning experience, and that was incredible. Felt like I learned every single session that I did. I think also, especially because I was using an accent, it was really interesting for me to think about, you know, the layers of having to maintain that accent and then also the performance underneath mm. and being able to work that all together. So I felt like that especially was something that I had to work at, but was very rewarding when I was able to do it. And so, yeah, I, I felt like I gained a lot from it. Really enjoyed it. Oh, good. I'm glad. Maris. Um. Yeah, I think kind of a lot of the same for, for me as well, because um, I'm still like very new to the whole voice acting thing. But Y2K, kind of how that stands out for me, it's, it's the only recurring role that I've had so far. So it was really interesting kind of every month having to go back to the same character because everything else I've done has just been like one off things that are like completely mm. different. Yeah, it, it was nice to kind of come back every month be like, yeah, I can do Emma again. It's nice to come back to the character and see how that character then progresses through throughout the year and being able to follow a character as, as the year progresses as kind of things happen around her. And yeah, so that was really, really interesting. Yeah, great. I think because um, I, I do come from a theatre background. Uh, I'm a drama teacher and I um, I've done loads of improv and stuff like that. Um, and I've also studied theater directing, but um, voice acting, uh, I'm quite new at still, though I've done a few things. So I think playing Jess, one thing I do with Jess is I put, um, I pitch her voice a little higher because I mean, I'm not 25. I, I pitch her voice a little higher. And just to maintain that tiny bit of uh, like a pitch race was uh, consistently was very hard. And, and 
I think I've flubbed that like a gazillion times and there are going to be flubs in the show, but I'm trying that and sustaining that as, as you were saying, um, Neris, just to sort of coming back to that at every recording session. Okay. Where, where's she at? Uh, was really interesting to me. Also, I can't say the word little as Jess. I cannot say it. I, I write it and I can't say it. And I sort of stop writing it. And then <laughs> so yeah, that's a discovery, I guess. <laughs> Maddie, did you discover anything? I think, well, I'm very, very lame and I've only been properly drunk about twice. So <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm surprised that I managed to be like reasonably convincingly drunk. So very that convincingly. Was, that was exciting for me. <laughs> I think that was just the main thing. Uh, I love that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Neris, you have a question, I think. I hope. Uh, I do. Um, <laughs> well, one, yeah, the one I came up with is for uh, for you, Karen, actually. Yeah. Um, with, well, I came up with this because it's kind of relevant to what I'm doing, but mm-hmm. kind of how have you found like the whole experience of being a solo creator kind of like writing you know you voice acting as well you're mm. editing because like to me the impression that I get kind of from social media is that you're incredibly organized with it all like much more organized than I am <laughs> there's been like so much promotion for this show for months and that's incredible yeah it's just kind of interesting interested in kind of how the whole process has been from for you kind of from yeah. to, to where we are now yeah it, uh, <laughs> it's a, a lot <laughs> I think is the answer to that it's been a lot but also um I love it so much and I am in, I think I got into theater uh an amateur theater at, at the start because I mean I do love acting and I do love performances but what I really um what I really enjoy are two things. I love having this sort of, um, having a whole project in my hands and sort of overseeing that both creatively and administratively, I guess. So theater for me is always a lot about my love for projects. And that was very easily translatable to managing an audio drama as a solo creator. And I think, I mean, writing, I'd written place before I'd never written anything of this um size or length or whatever um I mean the full script is the size it's it's more words than uh you know the average novel which is a little weird thinking about it Uh, but I didn't know that when I started writing (laughs) so that was good I think but I also I mean I think I have that I love balancing the create the creative bits with the uh, admin bits, and I don't mind the admin bits too much. Uh, and I'm very sort of satisfied when I've uploaded, you know, like ten episodes in a row, and they're all they're all there, and I'm all done, and I can go yay. <laughs> so, um, and promotion wise, uh, you haven't seen anything yet. <laughs> <laughs> But I have so much front loaded. Um, but uh, I'm glad that you're uh, that you've noticed that things have been happening, of course. Um, as a so I mean, being solo, I sort of feel like I should bring people in more. Um, and of course, when I started, I was very confident that I knew how to find actors. And I felt very confident uh, from my directing background that 
I would be able to pick the good ones like you guys, you know, because I felt I, like I knew that I know acting. I know uh, I know uh, when someone is able to perform and I understand that. However, the audio medium and uh, writing for audio, I mean, of course, I've learned so much uh, that I'm going to do different next time. And also, I think uh, editing, uh, I, I have a nonfiction podcast as well that I sort of cut my editing teeth on, which was lucky. Uh, so that's been going on for a year and a half, and I produce that. So I took that, those editing skills, which are, of course, very, very sort of basic. And I read up on everything I could <laughs> about sound design, uh, and I just sort of started, I guess. And um, uh, what else? What else was part of the question? Let's see. But I mean, I'm a control freak too, you know. Yeah, <laughs> I'm old enough now to sort of uh, understand that and try to work with it rather than against it. You know, sometimes it can be a good thing too. Does that sort of answer your question, Nurse? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like yeah, it's just interested in yeah in, in your your process basically. But yeah. Mm. yeah. Because I think, and you know, in regards to you guys, the communication in regards to you and the cast zone and all of that, I did that out of my own frustration as a voice actor and not not getting the information I wanted, I guess. So <laughs> I wanted you guys. It has to been have... lovely. Oh, it good. has been wonderful. <laughs> I'm glad. Yeah, no, it's 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 great. It's so brilliant. We've got like everything. It's just yeah, it's so organized. <laughs> like everything in one place. It is so uh, yeah, it's brilliant. brilliant. Oh good. <laughs> well, I'm glad you've enjoyed it. Right. Uh, shall we oh we need to move into spoiler zone, don't we? Are you all ready for that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, and now I can say the thing I was supposed to say, or I was about to say that. Of course, I play 45-year-old Jess as well, and then I can use my own voice. Yay! <laughs> so I'm very happy about that. I'm really curious what you uh, think of your characters and if there's anything that surprised you along the way, because, of course, you auditioned from certain lines in a description that I did. And then you got, I think, the first 10 scripts, and then uh, Nerys, you weren't even in those, I think. Uh, so you only showed up later, and Anjali, I think you had very few things to do in the first batch of scripts. So it's sort of been happening along the way. Uh, do you want to start on that one, Maddie? Yeah, I was very pleasantly surprised um, about Claire's kind of decision to sort herself out and kind of put herself <laughs> on the right track and like go to AA meetings and that kind of thing. Um, I was just really like happy that she got some growth out of it and she wasn't in a sort of self-destructive pattern like she seemed to be I was like yeah and her ability to finally apologize for all the <laughs> things that she's done I was just like good for you Claire good for you yeah I mean it's it's funny to me because Claire is a little bit comic relief of course but she's also has a really strong emotional journey of her own uh, that isn't, you know, immediately apparent. And it's sort of, uh, it wasn't really apparent to me either uh, in the beginning. Uh, and I, I, I loved writing her, her not apologies because <laughs> she has like three or four voicemails where she's like, uh, bye. 
<laughs> I, I had so much fun doing those. Uh, and if, I mean, yes, she was definitely um, inspired by you, Maddie. And you're, I think I got the first one where you are drunk and also she is drunk and trying to be funny and also uh, really in so much pain. And uh, the way that you performed that, which I thought was incredible, it was just all of those things at the same time. And it was just perfect. And I was like, oh, I have to, you know, I have to bring this into um, the rest of her, uh, her monologues or dialogues as well. So, yeah. Thank you for the amazing character because there are just so many things for me to play with and I got to do silly voices and I yes. yeah, got to do all sorts of stuff and yeah it wasn't it wasn't a one note comedy mule it was definitely a layered character that had lots of different things going on so I was really really happy to play her. Yeah oh good and Emma uh, <laughs> I mean you weren't I had actually already cast Emma and she was going to be much uh, a much smaller character uh, and then uh, that person backed out and I'm, I'm very happy that she did and she won't mind me saying that because she wouldn't have been right but then I cast you uh, sort of on the on the fly nurse <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> which is a huge surprise <laughs> uh, yeah it really really was because Emma wasn't in the casting call. I just sort of uh, picked yeah. you up from something else. I can't remember what you auditioned from for. Claire. Obviously. Yeah. Claire originally, yeah. yes. And so you didn't know that much about Emma when you started? No, no, I didn't. Because I got uh, sort of after auditioning for Claire, then you offered me the role of Emma. Mm. And I got sort of a few lines to record for her. Mm. So... Yeah, that was interesting, kind of going into a very different character. And then, um, because she doesn't appear for, well, she's not in the first 10 scripts, mm. but you hear of her. <laughs> and I was kind of reading <laughs> that. Kind of, you know, not kind of knowing the any of the characters really start off with and not kind of knowing what Jono was really like. Mm. Obviously now I, c I know that he was saying that, oh yeah, I can put that in context, I get that. But I was kind of reading the things that he was saying about, I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> this is interesting. And then Emma rolls up and she's like completely different. She's, mm. she's nothing like what Johnny says at all. And I was like, oh wow, okay, yeah, this is, this is awesome, I like this. Mm. Yeah, and I think that in, what's been quite funny is I think that in quite a few ways of, we're very similar. So that that's been oh, really yeah. nice. like she. It's been a lot of times where you know she wants to fix things. She wants people to be happy, but she doesn't like necessarily know what to say or what to do. And she just wants everyone to be happy and together and to get on. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just like just like thinking of like that scene. She's got that scene in the epilogue, and like everyone's together, and she's just so happy. It's like oh, she's finally got what she wanted. <laughs> Yeah. So lovely. Yeah, that's true. We have that uh, scene in the very last. Uh, Claire is there at the party and has her sort of, well, I apologize now. <laughs> <laughs> and Jess and Claire have this conversation. And then after that, it's uh, Siren and Emma and Kat and Jess, sort of the original roommates, uh, have their little uh, New Year's thing, uh, which I thought was important to sort of bring those bring Claire in definitely but Claire was never Claire was always you know uh, 
you know, a, a, what do you, how do you say that? A square, a square brick in a round hole or something. She wasn't a square peg fit. in a round hole. Square yeah. peg. Thank you. I was like, what's the word? Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, being, uh, speaking a language that is not your own, uh, trips you up because I had it in Swedish in my head and I was like, that's not it that's not it okay no but I mean she's always she's there but she doesn't quite fit I think well even after her journey so I think it was important to bring the sort of to have Claire there but bring the four original roommates uh in their little new year's cheer uh so Anjali uh, what did you think of Sharon when you sort of and how did it change I think first uh getting into the character she was very she seemed very I don't know if headstrong is the right word, but she was very assertive. She was very yeah. confident. And I, I admired her for that. And then also was like, it can be a bit much. I understand that as well. I think her character is really interesting because you admire her for what you're also seeing all these flaws in. But I'm honestly just so excited for her because I think over the course of like um, all of these episodes, she's sort of just she's always wanted more. And now she's finally starting to get it. And I think that I'm very happy for her, excited for like clearly the amazing future she has. Yeah, um, I think yeah, she she she's had some struggles, but I, I'm glad that she's sort of found a place for herself now. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, for I think I decided very early on that that Sharon was gonna go off and do something else because the, the way that I'd written her at the beginning was as someone who stuck, and right. I you know I think a lot of people can relate to that. Sometimes you're just stuck in your job or in your, in your relationship or whatever. And she's stuck in both sort of, uh, she's with Dave and she really, she doesn't even understand why she's with Dave. (laughs) He's just kind of there. And she's like, ah, whatever. And her job, she's not getting anywhere. And she doesn't really understand why until much later, of course. And, uh, and I think that's so common, you know, that you have that sort of just, it's everything's okay <laughs> and it's right great. and I think for her her assertiveness that is sort of I mean she's she's quite almost angry uh, at the beginning it's sort of uh, and I think that's for me that is sort of her frustration from being stuck because she is I mean she's no less assertive in the later voicemails but she is uh much less angry <laughs> so I think that that sort of is her journey yeah. Oh, we've talked about this a little bit. How is your character like you or not like you? I think you've sort of touched on that. Neris, you touched on that. Anything you want to add? Yeah. Um, yeah, gosh, this thinking about her. This like what kind of comes to mind straight away is kind of one of the might be the very first scene she has. And this talk about, oh yeah, it's a sexy librarian. And I kind of read that, I was like, yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, and it's the whole thing about yeah, like I was saying, you know, she she wants everyone to be happy. She wants to fix things. She's got like good intentions, but maybe she doesn't kind of go about things the right way. And I was like, yeah, I can I can really relate to that. Kind of trying to find the right things to say sometimes. Kind of not very good with like emotions and things, yeah. but. Yeah, there's kind of there's a lot of things kind of yeah, as as things are kind of going on as reading, yeah. I can I can definitely relate to those. <laughs> and I think many people can. I mean the whole uh because there's one scene where Emma sort of because she's very impulsive, she calls up yeah. 
cat and is like, oh, I'm so sorry you had a miscarriage. And then she can't, she can't find yeah, any she words. To say. <laughs> she wants to, she wants to say something. She wants to help, but like she, she yeah. doesn't know what to. She's like calling Shira and is like, help me. I yeah. don't know what to say. She wants to make them feel better, but yeah. She doesn't always know how to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I love that about her. How about you, Maddie? Do you, well, you already said that you're nothing like Claire. (laughs) Yeah, I think that we're kind of opposites in a lot of ways. So my, um, my mom recently did this sort of personality test where you have to work out what kind of color you are. So it's like four colors on a wheel. And so I think I'm an earth green and she's a fiery red. (laughs) (laughs) But there's one thing that I think we have in common is that um, love of acting and performing and doing voices and things like that. And there is a bit of me that's a bit of a show off and likes to kind (laughs) of, um, which is probably why I do uh, lots of drama type stuff. So, just kind of get the little bit of extrovert out of me in the in my introverted <laughs> way so I think that's a, that's something that we could talk about if we if we met uh, for a coffee one day <laughs> yes you could uh, also throw wacky accents at each other <laughs> yes definitely <laughs> <laughs> and Angela you were saying that uh, that you did not recognize quite the uh, assertiveness and the anger but maybe there maybe there are other things that you sort of yeah I think that um I think she's a really interesting character because behind being assertive, like she has such specific desires and like such specific goals in mind. And I think anyone, this is something, again, like we were just talking, anyone can really relate to this, but that feeling of not quite knowing how to get there or what you're doing wrong or being sort of like in this place of insecurity, even though she seems to sort of be, it, it doesn't feel like maybe she thinks it's coming from herself, but a sense of like, being unsure in general, definitely relatable. I I, I feel that all the time. Um, so I, I could yeah. understand that. I think in terms of like cultural background as well, like I mentioned before, she her being a transplant, her like sort of being in the space and having like a very different background, I also understand. And so I connected a lot with her on that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, of, of course, yeah, that makes sense. And I think also the we talked a little bit about that in the sort of first um, read through meeting that we had and sort of established a little bit when if she still has the accent. So maybe what rough age she would have been when she moved and stuff like that to sort of and that I didn't have a clear idea. And you sort of helped me figure out where would where would it make sense? And uh, and I like that. Um, yeah. So you uh, are all sort of on the uh, London side of Y2K. Uh, and of course, there is another side as well. Do you have anything that you sort of thought about while reading the script? Well, I don't know if you read the whole scripts, of course. Um, about the other, the other sort of side of the world. Well, I've kind of tried to keep myself as spoiler-free as I can, so I can oh, wow. kind of enjoy the the show as it comes out. Um, so I don't really know a huge amount. Um, wow. So yeah, I'm keeping it as a surprise, which is because I felt like Claire had a very particular sort of story where it was just a, just like a few conversations here and there, and it was kind of her figuring herself out. I felt like that worked okay, um, yeah. that method. But maybe like yeah, I'll just have to see how it goes. I'm very very excited. Oh wow! Oh, I love that. Uh, I actually um, talked to Anna the other day, and 
she surprised me saying she hasn't read anything apart from uh, like the, the scenes that Tammy is in. And I mean, she she's not in a huge amount of scenes, but quite a few. So she has quite a few things where she's reacting to things that are happening in the voicemails. And she knows something horrible happened, but she doesn't know what. And I was like, wow, okay, I could never not read that. <laughs> you were nodding, Anjali, uh, when Maddie said that she was trying to. Yeah, I've been like reading what I feel like, what makes sense that yeah. I would need to understand the context. But I've been like trying to, doing my best, but I don't know how successful <laughs> I've been, trying to like carefully avoid certain things because uh, we have a full year ahead of us and I'm excited to like, sort of follow the journey along with a lot of the listeners. So. I, I, I think I know about maybe 50-50. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that actually, since we're essentially doing it in, in three sections, that means that you only sort of need to figure out your own section. And you don't even really need to figure out all of that. Wow. Okay. Well, I'm looking forward to your reactions live with the listeners, so to say. Okay. Uh, Neris, uh, I think I know what you're going to say. I think you've read it. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. I'm not very good with spoilers, no. <laughs> no, me neither. I just read all the scripts as, yeah. as they're given me. <laughs> like, yeah, it did. It didn't even occur to me to like not read them. I was like, oh god. Like, yeah, me same. <laughs> I, can, I can read it all, and no, I think because it was something like um, me and Maddie actually talked about this the other weekend when when we were in London and like our characters are very different in in that sense and like Emma's reacting very much to what mm -hmm. is going on with other people so I think I would have had to mm -hmm. at, at a certain point for her to be able to kind of with the voicemails being like yeah something terrible has happened what is the terrible thing mm -hmm. okay yeah I'm gonna have to know otherwise it's it's not gonna work mm -hmm. But yeah, I'll just, yeah, I'll just kind of got the script like, right, yes, read it, read it, read it. I'm not even in it. Read it, read it, read it. <laughs> what happened? Yeah. <laughs> I think that actually is um, quite common in groups of actors that you have one, one group that is very sort of careful and trying to not be spoiled in whatever part they're not in. And another group that is like me and Eris and just go, a script, yay! <laughs> I can never wait. <laughs> But I think, yeah, I mean, Claire and de definitely actually Sharon as well in the later part of the season have more, much more isolated uh, voicemails where they're just sort of delivering messages about what's going on with them uh, mostly. So that makes sense. Yeah. Though you do have that ice cream scene, uh, Maddie and Neris. Mm, yes. <laughs> I had some, uh, I think I had some berry compote type stuff that I was using as ice cream because I am <laughs> ridiculous like that so <laughs> that's what I had to have <laughs> I love that because I think I wrote uh, that you feel free to experiment with eating ice cream or something ice cream like because I was like I don't know if you want if you like ice cream <laughs> I was I saw that I was like it's an excuse to eat ice cream I <laughs> <laughs> went for it Oh, I love that. Oh, but actually, Neris, because you have read the script, did you have anything that you were sort of um, curious about or with the other story storyline that is not uh, the London storyline or the other two storylines, I should say, because they're intersected with it? Hmm. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. Um, I mean, 
yeah I just did find it very interesting just kind of how that kind of grew and grew and grew and like not having never having been to New Zealand it was just Mm. a lot of kind of very beautiful images I found of what the country was like that kind of sticks out to me kind of thinking Mm. of all like these parks and a lot of green and stuff it kind of when I was reading through certain things I definitely had kind of a certain image in my head of what it looked like yeah, yeah. I'm trying trying to trying to think but yeah it's just so interesting how you kind of got these if you're thinking kind of about 2000 how things kind of develop separately yet they're still kind of interlinked and it's just interesting how things kind of yeah just fit into each other but I mean you know it's, it's a year and yeah. so much happens in it mm. um, yeah just kind of yeah I've not kind of yeah kind of kind of caught me off guard a little bit <laughs> oh, that's all right <laughs> no just sort of yeah thinking back to kind of some of the things but yeah I just loved how the story in 2000 in New Zealand how it grew and you've got the different characters mm. and yeah there's a lot of things in there that are really you've got some like, some, like beautiful scenes and yeah it's yeah, really nice following that storyline as well. Oh, good. Because uh, I, I went to uh, New Zealand on my honeymoon, and I just, oh. I just fell in love with the country and the lovely people. And, and you know, um, from Sweden, New Zealand is pretty much exactly the other side of the world. So it's what I think about as the other side of the world. Um, and uh, I needed to get them far away from each other, and I was like. I'm gonna I'm gonna go you know across the globe to the other side. If we're talking about the year 2000, I of course was the oldest of everyone here. Uh, I was around, I was 24, no 25. Sorry, oh yeah, something like that. So I was this age, of course, in the year 2000, uh, which is why I have a firm grasp <laughs> on the on these pop culture references. But I know Maddie that you and I share a, a sort of passion for Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yes. So you must have uh, (laughs) caught up with that later on, right? Yeah, that was uh, something I found out later, I think, from Twitter, just kind of like posting something about Buffy and then you liking it. I'm like, oh, (laughs) (laughs) And I was actually on a podcast recently where I was basically lecturing the other person about Buffy. So, (laughs) Oh, I have to... Yeah, that, that out. <laughs> yeah, it's called um, Dog Care Presents. It's, it's just kind of like a, a conversation podcast um, with Rory Spence, uh, who's very nice. And I met him through Tin Can Audio. Um, so, yeah, it was just it was um, a very nice experience. And he told me about Scottish folklore, which was nice for Prickwillow side of things. Mm. So, yeah, that was but Buffy, yes, is just a huge part of my life. It's so good. <laughs> agree a strong agree yeah I so I tried to put a lot of Buffy references in there I was actually just about to wrap this up which is good if we're having some tech issues but I wanted to see if there was anything that you were wanting to talk about or ask me about or something before we finish up nope all clear (laughs) okay well I'm gonna give you uh, the opportunity to uh, tell people where it they can find you on social media and of course about your lovely shows those of you that have them and 
maybe a little bit about upcoming something. So uh, you want to start, Maddie? Yeah, so um, you can find all my podcasty type stuff at snazzytapier.wordpress.com because that's my um, silly production company name. And um, I am at Maddie underscore abstract on Twitter. And you can also find the Prickwillow Papers, my podcast at Pod on Twitter as well. Perfect. <laughs> Anjali. Uh, I am podcastless, so just find me on Twitter at Here Lies Anjali. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> and look out for an upcoming podcast in whenever. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Neris. Uh, on Twitter, I am at Podnen. My <laughs> podcast <Yay. laughs> December is supposed to be launching next month, uh, uh, which is called Seren. It's S-E-R-E-N on Twitter, it's at SerenPod. And I do have a blog that I've been using to kind of kind of write about my progress in putting Seren together, which is uh nerisdiary.wordpress.com. And as Karen mentioned, I have been doing a diary for the audio drama hub podcast as well and uh pop up in a few voice acting things here and there. <laughs> Um, and you can find me at Karen Haim on Twitter. That's K-A-R-I-N-H-E-I-M. And of course, you can find all of us um, at y2kpod.com. So there we go. Uh, okay, you want to say oceans of hugs to everyone? <laughs> oceans of hugs. Oceans of hugs. Oceans of hugs. Okay.